The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Amen. Good morning, beloveds, and happy Pentecost. The Spirit has been alive and well and active in our diocese recently. Many of us were blessed to be at the cathedral on Saturday the 20th for the ordination of our new bishop coadjutor, Matthew Hyde. The Spirit-filled power of community was so vibrant and alive that day. The Reverend Kelly Brown Douglas preached about the movement of the Spirit in every breath we take, how when we breathe, we conspire with God, and how in community, we conspire with each other and with God. More than three years after we all went into lockdown, because it was too dangerous to breathe each other's air. This was a message that pierced my soul and my heart and offered insight into Pentecost as well. I want to share the good news of two other spirit-filled happenings which I attended recently. The first was a huge choral piece put on at Lincoln Center in the outdoor plaza around the fountain by five volunteer choirs from around the city. The piece was entitled Search for Spring, and it was both a lamentation and a call to action for the climate and the earth. The most moving aspect of the performance for me came at the end when a sixth choir joined from the balcony of David Geffen Hall, an enormous children's choir, 200 people. Hearing these kids, kids whose adult lives will be spent bearing the brunt of our missteps and lack of urgency, all I can say is that too pierced my soul. A dear friend of mine sang in one of the adult choruses, so we met up after the performance. What struck her most was the sense of hopefulness she experienced in being part of this big endeavor, her sense of the spirit conspiring to lift them up was heightened by being in community. I attended another event recently hosted by a different friend, Charlie Huffman, a poet, theologian, and an enrolled member of the Kaw Nation in Oklahoma. Charlie is an integral part of an ongoing series of conversations with biology professors at Kansas State University. The series is titled, Listening to the Prairie, and here is how they describe it. Both the Kaw language and scientific studies carry generations of knowledge of the tall grass prairie. Our goal is to gather this information, discuss its meaning, 
and form a shared forward-thinking perspective on the relationship between people and prairie. We will listen together to what the prairie has taught us. The most recent session was titled Rock, Wind, and Water. It was fascinating to hear the participants speak of the importance of wind, that wind is vital to the health of the planet, and that without wind, the earth would die. Not only does the wind carry nutrients and fertilizers long distances, but it literally shapes the landscape by carrying dust and grit, which slowly, slowly serves as an agent of change, shaping the earth itself over years and years. The Kaw Nation, by the way, is known as the people of the South Wind, and the Kaw language is a verb-based language, unlike English, which is noun and object-based. So to speak Kaw is to move breath, to move wind, to be engaged with spirit in an active way. I want to read you some excerpts of a poem that Charlie shared that day. It's a poem that will ask for action on your part, so be ready. You will know, as Charlie says, what to do at the right time. And some of the words are in call. In me tage. I read the title of this presentation to my friend, and she said, that sounds like a poem. It does. The rock, the wind, the water, all noetic. But don't stop there in the intellect. There is more to the wind than the air moving, more to the rocks than their compositions. They sing symphonies, and water is more than her purity. Ask a person who has been raped, and they might tell you, I am more than my defilement. And wind is more than an annoyance or a source of power. He is us, our very being, the stuff of existence. She is, so we are. So let us ask Tajay, what direction does she blow, Aka? South, Akahinga, or Akoye, the west one, the little one. Is your back to the wind or current? That too will be another word if she is pushing you, because this is relationship, because wind is a person too, vital and necessary. What happens when she stops blowing? Hold your breath. Think about the air, still. The still before the storm, if she never broke, never moved again, if you used up all of her resource, if it courses through your blood and then no more inhale, keep holding, hoarding, the word stagnate, manifest. 
the pollen doesn't float in this new, silent, inanimate air. Exhale, slowly, or in a whoosh. Let the air move again, in a breeze or a storm. Taje hinga dan, taje sage. A little people and a hard wind. There is no direct translation. We live in this breath. We belong to her. How did it feel to hold your breath? Did it change your perception of this moment? Last week, when Bishop Mary was with us, she described ascension as a time of waiting. It was also, if we listen to the gospel today, a time of fear. Our text tells us that the doors of the house where the disciples met were locked for fear of the Jews. Let us start by saying that we cannot hear that text without a sense of responsibility to make sure we name that this was not a condemnation of the Jewish people as a whole. I would submit also that it was not a specific condemnation of the Jewish authorities of the time, though many of them were, by necessity of survival, collaborating with the Roman authorities. What sounds more plausible to me was that those who followed Jesus, both during his lifetime and later when John's gospel was written, were experiencing the kind of social alienation that comes with moving outside the boundaries of what their families and their larger communities considered normal. They had stopped conspiring with their home communities of origin. They were seen as not behaving because they were doing something different, something puzzling. I am confident that each and every one of us has experienced times when we found ourselves out of step with those among whom we grew up or those among whom we have spent a long season of closeness for any number of reasons. Times when we were in transition from a place of the known into the unknown, from childhood into adulthood, from hiding our identity to coming out, from being partnered to being widowed or separated, from being without children to becoming parents. These are times when we are moved along by the Spirit to claim a new identity apart from that which we have known before. Inevitably, in that process, frictions occur with those who would prefer that we remain the same, familiar, and predictable stayed as we were before the Spirit grabbed us up and carried us along into a new way of being. These changes in our lives come upon us periodically because we're always in the process of becoming. 
There is never a time when we are done. Even our death is a transition into something new. But stepping into the unknown is frightening. And waiting for what is new, waiting for a sense of direction and purpose, can also be very fraught. Can we imagine that after ascension, during this time of waiting, the disciples felt a sense of anticipation, as the bishop said, but also of lack of clarity, a sense of directionlessness. And then came the exhilarating, headlong rush of the Spirit. We live in this breath. We belong to her. The day of Pentecost is the naming of how the Spirit moves among us and within us, conspires with us yearly, daily, hourly, into embracing new ways of being. It's about the reinvention of the people of God, of all the people of God, over and over and over again. To withdraw from that movement is to lose our very breath, to stagnate the very life force within which we live and move and have our being. Jesus tells the disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Often, we find that these transitions involve recognizing and honoring what was given to us in our lives so far, and then deciding what we will continue to hold in the journey ahead, as well as what we can release. This task of sorting is vital to our growth into the fullness of God's vision for who we are. When we engage in that discernment, we are letting go of how others see us, how others categorize us, and learning to see ourselves through God's eyes as beloved, unique, creative children of God. These tasks are often best undertaken in community, a place where we find healing and nourishment and rest. Such insights, such spirit-driven moments are not limited to Christian communities. They are a phenomenon experienced the world over in every tradition and none. The spirit was in the choral work for a climate change. She was also in the way members of the Kaw Nation and the scientific community in Kansas listen to the wind and to each other for wisdom. Beloveds, let us remember on this day of Pentecost to breathe, to allow the spirit, however we name her, to enter into us, to heal us, to inspire us, to conspire with us, and to shape us. Just as the wind shapes and brings life to the earth. We live in this breath. We belong to her. Amen.